0: when we come to Christ, yes, we're dirty, our robes are dirty, but when Jesus shows up, the accuser
1: leaves. Hey, God bless you all. Welcome to another episode of Unlocking Scripture. I'm your host, Justin Torres, and today I'm privileged to have a guest on here who I've known for so many years now. We go way back, probably more than 15 years or at least that. And that's my brother, Jamie Orozco, that's here now. He's a pastor of Unity Church, the the senior pastor there. And God has done amazing things with him and is continuing to use him to build the kingdom of God here on earth. So um, we're blessed to have him here today. We're going to get into a topic about the process of salvation. What happens when a person accepts Jesus as their Lord and Savior from the moment that they accept him all the way until the day of glorification. So... I'll just kick it off to Jamie, if you want to go ahead and just uh, say a few things, just introduce yourself a bit. Yeah, for all
0: you guys watching, my name's Jamie, Uh, like Justin said, we've known each other a long time, since, uh, I think like since I was about 18 years old, I'm 32 now, Uh, we met in church ministry, Uh, soon as we became friends, we shared the same passion, the same zeal for the word of God and the things of God, and you know, the Bible says, like, blessed is who finds a friend. And I think it's even more blessed if you find a spiritual friend. And ever since then, you know, we've always kept, you know, just kind of always sharpen each other. And I just think it's amazing to see, you know, you're doing your podcast. I started a podcast and just see what the Lord is doing. And now um, I'm pastoring a church out of Plantation, Florida. <laughs> so it's funny because we both started pastoring. You know, we both started doing a podcast and just, See what the Lord is doing in this season; it's just amazing. So, I'm currently doing that now, and you know, just want to keep on expanding the kingdom of God in whichever way we can. And I, I'm just, so, I'm just, I'm just grateful to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, Amen. And you know, something too is like when when I think about that verse, you know, like how a friend can stick closer like a brother. The interesting thing that that's about our friendship from the past is that we've hit many seasons. And so one of those seasons was that we knew what it was to kind of walk through the trenches together. So that's another thing that kind of made me feel like, you know, relatable to what we see in like the book of Acts or like, let's say, uh, Paul and Barnabas, for example. Yeah. They're probably a great example actually that relates to our friendship because as much as they were co-partners in the kingdom, they had rough seasons where, you know, they might didn't, didn't talk for a little bit. and We had our rough season for a little bit. We reconciled and we kept going. And um, it just makes us human. But for those that are listening, you know, it's very strong and very powerful when you have somebody in your life that holds you accountable, that even when things get a little rough sometimes, you know how to work it out. But then also you see the backstory of how, like, you go through the trenches together. You guys work together. You build the kingdom together. And that's something that, you know, Jamie and I have had, for many many years like we call it the tag team like whenever there was time to pray or do altar calls or preach together we pretty much did it all together with the same level of zeal the same passion so there was no one another pulling any dead weight we were working together and striving towards the same goal and uh, we knew we had each other's back so that was always a blessing always a privilege and it's you know to to catch everybody up like I would say uh, we really recently reconnected sometime this year, not knowing that we were walking the same kind of walk. He started pastoring a church. I started pastoring a church. I was doing a podcast. He was doing a podcast. We had no idea that uh, we were both kind of walking down the same path. And what what ends up happening is that when you walk down the same path, of course, you're going to bump into each other again. Yeah. You know, so that's, that's kind of what brings us here today. But nothing from the past has changed in terms of the zeal, in terms of the desire for the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God. And that's what really is always been the seed of what brought us close was that passion for God and for his word. And, you know, one thing we kind of realize is that, you know, we pretty much talk every day and it's always about the word of God. That's literally what we talk about And we're kind of just hoping that as we engage in an organic conversation now, that you get to experience some of the revelations that come about in our conversations. And we have the topic, which is, you know, the process of salvation. But don't be surprised if we go really deep into that, that you start to learn new things that you just never had an idea about before. So, yeah, I mean, before we get into that, you want to say anything?
0: Yeah, I I like that you said about, like, bumpy roads, because I think that's something, you know, since we're already going to talk about when you come to Christ, in Christ. I think this is why I think a lot of Christians end up falling away from, you know, quote unquote church or whatever Christ of is you're going to have bumpy roads with other Christians all the time. Like Paul had it with Barnabas with Peter. I mean, every, everybody, you know, and, and, and I think that's so important in Christ. I think the true sign of, of a mature Christian is not one that doesn't have, you know, Bumpy roads or bumpy seasons, but people but ones that like you can work through those seasons and always find a way to glorify God and and do what's right and make things right and stuff like that. So it was like, I think that's so important because like for, for us, you know, and this I guess you know as you grow up and you change things, a lot of things change and stuff like that. And and I, and I walk with the Lord, so it's like when we mean you were young, we we had a lot of free time, bro. So it's like. You know oh, yeah. what I mean? That's- yeah. It's probably too much free time. and But, uh, you know, we use as much of it as, you know, free time for the Lord. And obviously, you know, you got married, you have kids. I got married. I got kids too now. And with ministry and stuff like that. So when you have like, I'll say this, man. If you have, if you watch this, you're going to find authentic, authentic, authentic Christians that have a real spiritual life. You may have some bumpy seasons or, you know, seasons that may not be like how you would want it. But nonetheless, if you both really love the Lord. You're always going to find a way to make things work and find your way back. And it's funny because like like you said, we we found our way back because we're back. We're back onto the same road, we're back on the same yeah. path with the same goal, the same destination. So you got in reality. That's why it's best to get along with other Christians, because if you're headed in the same direction, you're going to end up finding each other at some point again. Right. So it's like I yeah. want Christian like, oh, I don't like that guy or whatever it is. If he's really pursuing the Lord and you are, too. At some point, you're going to find yourself on that meeting each other at some point, I guess. You might as well get along because you, and even if you don't see them at the road, you're definitely going to see them at the destination and, and, and heaven. So, so as yep. I think it's like this, is why I think the podcast world and you know, me and you getting together on this, and even with other Christians, it's so important to get together with other Christians because that same fire, you know, other people have that same fire. The, the more we get together, man, we have a huge, uh, you know, campfire and, and yeah. i think that's i think that's dope man it's dope
1: yeah no 100 percent i'm
0: my headphones says driving me nuts uh,
1: yeah go ahead yeah like um you know if for those who don't really know about the paul and barnabas situation um basically they were working for the kingdom but they had a sharp disagreement that caused them to go separate ways yeah. but they both continued working for the kingdom because later on paul goes and says That, you know, what Paul, what Barnabas was doing was beneficial for the kingdom. So, you know, we pretty much just bring that up to encourage you that if you may have any rough season with certain people in your life, don't judge them based on the season. You know, as long as they're serving Christ and as long as you're serving Christ, you'll find a way to reconnect. You'll find a way to, you know, just be at peace with one another and to serve with one another, but you're striving towards the same goal. So, like my brother Jamie just said. It's best that you get along. And it's best that you find a way to to strive at peace with all people so that your work can be beneficial for the kingdom. Amen. You know. But um, yeah, I'm glad we were able to kind of just introduce things that way because now that we get into our topic of of salvation, you know, it's like you said, you know, you're gonna have moments in your walk with God that are gonna be rough, you know, whether it's and most of the time it's going to involve people. Like probably 80% of the time is going to involve people. and um, But other times it won't. It, it could just be, for example, a, a stressful time in your life. Maybe there was a death in the family. Maybe there was, uh, you know, like bills that are struggling to being paid right now. It could be many things. But that's the difference between, you know, real salvation versus what, you know, the mainstream wants to preach, which is this bless me club kind of Christianity, which is not biblical at all and uh, we'll get into that but um let's just start off real quick about justification you know like when a person comes to accept jesus as their lord and savior what actually happens there we're going to just turn to a verse real fast this is going to be romans chapter 3 and this is verses twenty-three to 24. so before we even take a moment to think about why we need salvation this is going to explain why. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, um, I just want to break down a few things. The first thing is that it says, for all have sinned. You know, right now, it's kind of funny because in my church, we're studying the book of Romans in our Bible studies. And one of the things that we just kind of like went through was that, you know, the The book of Romans, especially chapter 7, it talks about the law and how the law doesn't bring salvation. It actually gives you just awareness of why you're a sinner. You know, it doesn't really tell you that the law is going to save you. But it points it out because it tells you that this is why we need Jesus because every person has broken the law. And if you broke one law, you're guilty of them all. So we all stand guilty before God. And that's what the Bible says. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So not only does it say that we've all sinned, but it also says we fall short of the glory. Why would it mention that twice? Because even as Christians, we still continue to make mistakes. We still continue to fall short of the glory of God. You don't come to Jesus and now next thing you know, you're made perfect in the sense that you're never going to sin again. You're going to mess up again. You're going to fall short. That goes into sanctification, which we'll get to in a minute. But you fall short of the glory of God. But this is the, um, the key. It says... And are justified by his grace as a gift. So salvation is not something that is earned. We're in the season right now of Christmas, right? Hence my my, my brother's background right now. You got a Christmas tree in the back, but we're in Christmas season. Oh, watch,
0: watch out, watch out uh-huh. for the,
1: for the, the heresy hunters. The Christmas tree, man. Oh, yeah, forget it. <laughs> we'll, 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 for those that are Christmas heresy hunters, you know, just take it up with God. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> but it says that his justification and his is by his grace and it's a gift. So when we talk about we tie it into like the idea of Christmas, for example, all the gifts that are under the tree, you know, they're not earned. You don't give gifts because somebody earned it. If you do, that's not really giving. You know, that's not the that's not being a cheerful giver. Giving is when it's just out of grace When is is just something that you want to do out of the joy of your heart? And, um, it's a gift. It's not earned. And that redemption is through Christ Jesus. So there's only one way to heaven and that's Christ Jesus. But you want to add anything to that?
0: Yeah. I, I, you know, this verse is, is, I think is super important because it, it, it'll free you of guilt. And I like that you mentioned about guilt because it's like we come to Christ and then we deal with, Yo, I, the, you know, as I minister to, to a lot of people, one one of the things that a lot of, you know, Christians I see deal with is guilt and condemnation. Right. It's like you're in Christ now. So it's like, you know, there's people say, I don't think I'm spiritual enough or I don't think I could ever do that ministry. I don't think, you know, I'll ever this or, all these things are the I can't do this or I'm not that so. It's like you don't have then you you don't really have true understanding of what Christ did. I say this to people all the time, he didn't come just to save you from just sin only, he came to save you from everything, right? So he'll he'll save you from the sin that you're doing. He came to rescue you from your from everything, to deliver you from your afflictions, from your problems, and that even includes your guilt, right? Because at yep. the end of the day, we're 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 all guilty and uh we're all we're all guilty of sin. And, you know, without Christ, obviously the verdict is, you know, we're all going to hell, but through Jesus Christ, he became guilty. Right. You know, and you know, I heard one preacher say this and it really hit me. It's like all the sin that you ever did, you like, he took the the punishment, right. He paid for all of it with his blood. So it's like, you can walk, you know, free, you know? So it's like, you're at a, you know, you're at a court case, you know, and he comes in and he, you know, he takes all the charges for you and you walk out free. You don't have to look back, you know, and say like, oh, am I, am I going to get locked up or am I going to put me away? He, he, he took on all the guilt. Yes, like you've sinned. But I think a lot of Christians, they still carry their sin. Now, hmm. if you're still carrying your sin, you got to question two things. Is it because like the devil's implanting guilt and condemnation on you or you're still practicing sin? so and obviously if you're you're still practicing sin you really got to reevaluate your you know where you stand with the lord but Mm -hmm. you know if you're falling and you're you're getting back up and you're pursuing christ that's the reason why he died he gave you his blood his blood's not a a one-time thing it's a it's a constant thing and it says for we all have sin like you said he mentions it twice for we then we fall short of the glory of god so right there that should deliver you from from guilt it's like man I, I make mistakes i I come up short, you know and stuff like that, but like the scripture says but then you're justified by by grace, which is something you don't earn. so no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you go to church, no matter how much you fast, no matter even no matter how much you think you're you're sinless or blameless, you're still gonna you're still gonna have something wrong with you you know Jobs job said it you know when he was going through what he was going through. He goes, even if I am right, let my accuser write my accusations down, you know, like there's still something that I could get accused of, which is what the devil does. He's he's the accuser of the brethren. But this scripture is like, yeah, though, though I have all these accusations, all these sins that are, are, you know, that I've done, man, like I have the grace of Jesus Christ. He took on my, 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 guiltiness. He, he took all of it. He became the very thing that, that, that was destroying me and allowed his body to be destroyed for me. So I don't have to be destroyed. And in this scripture, like I said, it's so powerful because then it, what does it do? You're justified. You know, it's like, sure. you know, you're, you're excused, you know, I, I, I and mean, you were talking about this the other day at, um, it's like when you go to the DMV, right? Everybody hates going to DMV. There's gonna be a hundred yeah. million people. It, it doesn't like even it. matter if you even have a, like, a, an appointment. You know, months in advance, and you know all, all this stuff. You know, so you're waiting there. Let's say you're last in line, and Jesus Christ is the first one in line. He goes back, gives you his ticket. You go in the front. And he goes to the back, and he deals with the waiting and the people shoving you and pushing you and fighting for your spot. He takes on all of that. So you walk away you're excused, like you're, you're excused from this stuff. So it's like how powerful, what a, what a love is not just like, okay, I pay for your sins. Like man, you, you're justified now through the works of Jesus Christ, you know? So when, when you're justified now, there's, there's two types of Christian, though, two types of people, the person who keeps justifying their sins themselves or allowing Christ to justify them, right? You ever met someone who's like, like they'll say they're in Christ or a Christian and they'll keep having some pattern of sin and they'll keep making, justifying why they do what they do. When well, we yeah. justify ourselves, we're guilty, right? But when when Christ justifies us, we're clean.
1: Yeah, because like, you know, what you what we were saying earlier about like him taking on our sin, the Bible even says it says that he who knew no sin became sin, that we may be the righteousness of God. And then again, with the same thing with Romans, you go to, I want to say it's chapter eight, a one, if I'm not mistaken, that it says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. So once you receive Jesus as Lord and savior, um, the the reason that you would even transform and be justified is because you recognize that you can't justify yourself, right? You can't save yourself. It's not by works that you could be saved. So you depend on him. You depend on the finished work of Christ. He comes into your heart. He washes you clean with the blood. He takes on your sin. That well, the sin was already nailed on the cross, but you accepted salvation into your life. You accepted him as Lord. And then you're washed clean. You're made new. And because you gave your sin up and you, you know, surrendered to him and said, I can't save myself. I can't be my own savior. You know, then that finished work is applied to you in a sense, if that makes sense. It's like now you receive salvation because you accepted. The sacrifice that paid for salvation you know what i mean like if it if it's not something that was um like how do i say it trying to make the most sense out of it but this was this was a a sin or this was a penalty that was paid for you know and that payment was given to you that's the gift so unless you accept the gift you don't have the quote-unquote funds to pay for your way out in a sense like that that bond you can't get yourself out of that it has to be jesus and he's the one that paid that that sacrifice for you so when we sinned and it says when we fall short of the glory of god it says we're justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is christ jesus so it's through him that we receive salvation because he became sin for us you know what i mean like so that was something that hit me just now like as you were saying that you just said something that like made me, made me think like it, it's the,
0: I think the best way to explain the justification thing. It's like when you get a bill in the mail, right? You got like a hospital bill or some kind of bill that comes in the mail. Right. And you know, you owe that thing. Like you didn't pay for it. Right. You get a bill in the mail. Yeah. yeah, Right. It and, all it, been there. and it says like, call now, like pretty much says what you're saying. You better call now or you're going, into, you're going into collections. Right. And so yeah. it's like with sin, it's like, you better, this needs to get paid for right now, or your soul is going into collection, right? And and then you call the number, and they tell you it's been paid for, right? Since they have been, and, and, you know, you call, and it's like, yeah, hey, don't worry about it. Somebody, else, somebody paid this bill that you owe. You know what you do with that? You throw that bill away but guilt you think or about the relief
1: guilt, that's all
0: exactly <laughs> you throw that thing away you throw it to the shredder it's like that's done that's been dealt with right so but i think when because so now you're justified but someone when you when you don't have an understanding that you're justified through christ you hold on to that bill and keep looking at it with guilt it's like man mm-hmm. i, I should have paid that like man i i should have you know i should have this and that and then you this, yeah, there's you, no peace exactly so then like the justification like if, when you don't have an understanding of how you're justified through christ you're gonna live with guilt you're gonna live with shame you're gonna live with like you know regret and you're gonna live depressed anxious and always and then your salvation starts to become about yourself instead of what actually christ himself what he did and that's why you have christians which those start doing works for salvation none the and that's why people start arguing like you know work salvation you need the works but it's not work itself that will save you you know so so i think some people will work out of guilt and which you see that in in a lot of like cults and different you know forms of quote-unquote christianity that you will have these people who will you know i'm not gonna say no names but certain you know denominations you have to work such amount of hours evangelizing on the streets, right? If you want to earn salvation, you want to earn like you're trying to score brownie points with God, and you yeah. can't score brownie points with the Lord. Like the the Bible says, our, fil- our 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 righteous works are filthy rags before Him. So your righteous works won't justify you. It's His righteous work that justifies you. And I think when you have an understanding of justification, it, it makes you have consideration for what Christ did for yeah. you, right? When someone does something good for you, it creates like consideration. Like, man, that person did that for me that, you know, that person looked out. So I want to, I want to repay in return. That's why the Bible says we're bond service. We're in debt to him. And when you have consideration for someone, you don't really view it as debt. You see it as a, like a pleasure to say like, yo, I, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna pay this back. Like, obviously you can't pay it back, but I want to do something and return to this person for looking up, You want
1: to serve out of gratitude.
0: Exactly. So when you have an an understanding of justification, it should put, you know, like you said, gratitude, a sense of consideration for Jesus. It's like he took on all of this for me. And like, obviously I can never pay him back. So imagine it's like you go into a million dollars in debt. You don't have a million dollars, but a millionaire comes and pays it. So I don't have a million dollars to pay you back. That's what it is with Jesus. I don't have what it takes to pay you back for all that you did because if it's dead then I didn't need you to pay for it so it's like I don't I don't I don't have all of it that it it takes to pay back but whatever I got that's what I'm that's what I'm giving and that's what it should create inside of a Christian so when people talk about like a work-based salvation it's not that I believe that my works are saving me but because I have an understanding of what he did it makes me want to work
1: and the thing is is that works don't save you But works are like the byproduct of your faith in Christ. Because, like you said, once you come to Jesus, you have that gratitude in your life, you have that peace in your life that comes only from Him. You get to that point where you're like, you know, I want to serve God with the most of me. I want to give my best to God. And you want to serve Him out of the heart of gratitude because you get that revelation of, you know, what He saved you from. Whether it's like, you know, like we know that He saved us from hell, but. I mean, how many people have actually seen hell? The minute, I mean, I'm sorry, the, um, what you do know he saved you from is the previous life. You know, the things that he pulled you out of, the drug addictions, the pornography, whatever it was that you were going through. You know that tangibly that he took you out of that mess. You know, he met you in your mess. He justified you. You knew that you weren't worthy of salvation, but yet he died for you. He gave it to you and he justified you. And that's why when you look at Romans 5.1, is the next verse. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So it says that we've been justified by faith. So it goes back to the works thing. Works isn't what justifies us. But rather, when you read Romans, it talks about the law. And that's kind of where we get the idea of works is that the law doesn't save you. The law exposes your sin. And shows God's holiness, but it's faith in Christ who actually kept the whole law on our behalf and through his death and resurrection when we believe on him and we call on the name of Jesus, we can be saved, we can be justified. And then it says we have peace with God now because of our faith in Jesus Christ. So when you think of that alone, I mean, especially if you knew where God pulled you out of, you can't help but to be like, man, you know, I want to give my best to God because he gave his son for me. That was God's best. You know, you look at the sacrificial system, and here we go down that rabbit hole, you know, is that you look at what God demanded as a sacrifice. He demanded the best. He demanded a perfect, spotless lamb, no blemish, had to be a male, cannot have broken bones. I mean, there's a whole list of specifications that had to be met for God to take that sacrifice. So if God wants that sacrifice, which is just the foreshadowing of Jesus, by the way, he gave the son of God, the the lamb that represented Jesus and that sacrificial system was only the best that we could give in terms of a sacrifice. How much greater is the Lord Jesus Christ given as a sacrifice for us? So we couldn't out sacrifice God, if you really think about it, the sacrifices that we gave was only representing Jesus Christ, but it can never outdo what that works can never gain a salvation. You know, that sacrifice can never gain a salvation. It was just a foreshadowing of Jesus. Now that Jesus came and he died for us, the best perfect sacrifice, you know, we have justification through him. So when we come to Jesus and we put our faith in him, now we have salvation and justification happens. God says, your sins are written off. And just like we've been talking back and forth, the accusation is crossed out, you know, and now we have this, this fresh start, but, um, with that whole thing, you know, let's talk a little bit about the accusation part that we've been kind of going back and I was forth. Hoping with was there. Go there. <laughs> right. Let, let's, let's go there. Cause just because you receive salvation and the accused, the accuser is silent or the accusations are written off, it doesn't mean that the accuser stops accusing, you know? So you want to share a little bit about that? What we've been going kind of back and forth with.
0: Yeah. So it's, it's, it's I, I love it. I love, I love that we're talking. It goes perfectly um, with accusation because it says when you're justified by faith, you have peace. So what's the opposite of justification? Condemnation. When you mm-hmm. have condemnation, you have no peace. Why do you feel condemned? Because there's an accuser. Right. So yeah. it's like there's a, the opposite lawyer of like the one who's fighting against you in court. It's like, Oh, I got the proof. <laughs> I got the pictures. Yeah, I got the text messages. I got everything on you. So you think about it, if you go to court and the other person's lawyer is like, yo, I got the screenshots, <laughs> I got everything on you and I'm gonna I'm a bury you. Right. You're going to be over there on the other side of the other of courts, like, oh, shoot, oh, shoot. Right? <laughs> and you have no peace. There's, there's no, you know the crazy thing is? Even if you, like, start to think, like, I never did nothing, right? You're still going to have, like, no peace. Like, what if? Like, so it, it yeah. was like what happened with Joel, right? This, you know, Satan was accusing him. He's like, you know, technically he didn't do nothing. You know, the Bible says he was blameless. But he even said, like, okay, let my accuser write my stuff down. Because it's like, you start to, like, really... Question yourself. Isn't that crazy? When you know you didn't do nothing wrong, and someone starts like you did this, you start really questioning. Especially if you're a spiritual Christian, you should always search yourself. Like, wait, did I do something wrong? And then you start thinking, and then guilt and shame and the the accusers there, and um, like me and you have been speaking about this was a huge thing that you know, you know, God has been revealing to us, and we were talking about about the accuser because obviously the accuser of the brethren is Satan, right? Mm-hmm. So when Satan was um. Cast, cast out of, or cast down from heaven. You notice it. Never, we've been taught that he was cast out. He wasn't cast out because he kept coming in, in, in and out. You know. So Bible says in the book of Revelation, chapter twelve, that he accuses our brothers and sisters day and night. So if someone's in there day and night, he, he, you know, you haven't been kicked. You know, I've been kicked out. Well, he, Bible says he was, he was, uh, he was casted down. So he was demoted, right? So he went from a great attorney to uh, a public defendant. Like he, he got he got <laughs> downgraded. He got demoted, right? So he, he's not that good anymore. But the Bible said that he, w- he would go and accuse. And so he went. The Bible says he went before the throne of God to accuse Job. So it's like, accuse him of what? If the Bible says he wasn't doing anything, right? So the accuser of the brethren is Satan. But this goes to show the, the, the how powerful what Jesus did. Because people don't understand he comes to save you and also be your Lord. And I think that's something the church Mm should talk more about is the difference between the the Savior part and then also him being your Lord. When someone's your Lord, they cover everything. Like, yo, that person takes care of me. They feed me. I live under their roof. If someone tries to attack me, like I'm covered. Right. So. So you got you have that. So before Jesus Christ, you know, you know, is is sacrificed and, and, and dies for our sins. Satan is accessing heaven he's going back and forth accusing right accusing back and forth and so I was I was studying this. I'm like wait how is he going back and forth between earth and, and back and accusing cast it out so I started I started looking I started looking into it in the book of revelation where it says that the arch, uh, angel Michael starts to fight with Satan why because Satan he gets casted down right he gets casted down then he goes, and if you notice, it does. The Bible doesn't say that God had kicked out those other angels with him. He got, he got, he was. Hey, you can't be here. He leaves, it says, and his tail sweeps. It uh, says, you know, a third of the angel. So he takes them, right? And then this, where this fight is going on, and and Revelation says there's this fight in heaven. Why? Because Mary is going to give birth to Jesus Christ, and the devil is so threatened, like this. This child, this this baby that's about to be born, he's about to be the huge game changer for me. Where I'm I'm gonna lose access to so, you know we talk about it on on Easter and other stuff about you know Jesus taking the keys. I think people don't realize how many keys he really took from him. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't just of, of 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 you know sin and death. Like so many things he takes from him. And it, it, so when you read Revelation 12, it starts to go into topics it says. The accuser of the brother and sister who's been doing it day and night. And it says that the heavens rejoice when Michael defeated him. Why? Because he can no longer accuse you. So Jesus, wherever Jesus ever showed up onto the scene, the accuser gets shut up every single time. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they're thrown in the furnace, right? The accusers so-called got them in there. But Jesus shows up in the furnace the accusations get shut down and the actual accuser gets thrown in the furnace, right? Daniel and the lions then, the accusers get him in there. What does God do? God shuts the mouth of the lions that are supposed to be there to devour him and the accuser ends up getting devoured, right? So then it's like, you have Mary who technically, quote unquote, she's guilty, right? It's not like she was innocent and God comes and says, like, hold up, don't stone her, she's innocent. No, she was guilty. But because Jesus shows up, and, and and you know, and he writes in the sand. So when I was studying about this, many people would always they would so in the old testament we'll talk about their accusations being written. So Jesus goes, he he writes in the sand, and all of a sudden, whatever he wrote in the sand causes these Pharisees who wanted to stone her because she's, you know, quote unquote guilty. They can't do it no more. They drop their stones. Why? Because the drop their charges against her have been dropped the minute Jesus shows up. So you, you see that happen why because he takes on that you know, he takes on everything right so the accuser can't do that no more and that was all symbolic of, of 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 the accuser losing his power to accuse you right why because when it's like i said the perfect i think analogy is with, with court cases right because let's say on the other end the devil's the lawyer on the other side fighting against you those accusations mean nothing when someone comes in and stands on the they know they you know how they bring somebody bring, we'll bring such and such person to the stand? So it's yeah, pretty yeah, much calling yeah. Jesus up to the stand and he starts interceding and that intercession starts to defend you. It starts to justify you. So that lawyer that was there to accuse you, he shuts up. God shuts him up. Mm-hmm. He has nothing left, he has nothing to say. And guess what? Not only is he in the stand interceding, because it's funny, it's actually perfect, the, the position, because it's the judge, and then the one who's taking the stand to defend you is next to the judge. What if the Bible yeah. says, Jesus is See, sitting right at the right, right hand, hand and, you know, and you have you have God the Father as the judge, but you have Jesus there interceding, and you have the devil as this lawyer trying to accuse you. So what happens? The judge starts listening to the one who's interceding for you. You're justified and the accuser ends up getting put away. And and, and yep. it goes to show the power of Jesus Christ that when we're dealing with an uh, accusation, the accuser, the guilt, the shame of sin, he gets shut up, he gets put away, he has no power to do that. And when you see that, the devil has no, no longer has access to be going back and forth to heaven to accuse you no more. Because when you look at the Old Testament, Job says it, D- David says it, and, and I believe in Psalms 109, they, they they would understand the accusers stood at the right hand. In the book of Zechariah, um, Zechariah has a vision, right? And he says, He saw Joshua. He says, I see that the, the high priest Joshua, and he says, And I see his robes are dirty. And he hmm. says, And I see the accuser at his right hand. Who's that's the devil yeah. accusing him." But what happens And if you read that? It says that um It it shows that the Lord shows up, cleans his robes and tells him, hey, you're good to go. And the accuser is no longer in sight no more. So it's like when we come to Christ, yes, we're dirty. Our robes are dirty. But when Jesus shows up, the accuser
1: leaves. He has to leave. Justification right there. That's justification.
0: Why? Because he took on our accusation, right? He took it on. And what, what does the devil do? That's why since the devil has no access to be going before God's throne no more, because like I said, the devil has to stand at our right hand to accuse us, but Jesus is standing at the right hand, interceding to to block, to cancel the accusation. That's why Jesus says when they persecute you, they hate you and they speak bad about you. prayer, because intercession is what defends us from accusation. And the only reason why you're, the intercession is work is because you've been justified through Jesus Christ. So the accuser loses all his power. The condemnation loses all its power. He can't do any of the things that he says he does. That's why he will send a spirit of accusation, put it inside somebody to come after you. That's why when the devil knew he could, he can't do that. He's not going to go before God the Father and ask, accuse Jesus Christ, right? So he has to go inside of Judas to go after him and all these different things. And you have different scenarios and stuff like that. Oh, like I said, when when I started to read all this stuff, I was like, the accuser has, he has no power to accuse me when I'm justified.
1: And so you see why there's such a war for the soul. Because a person that, that is unsaved doesn't know that these are the things that are happening in the spirit realm. There's an accuser that's out to accuse that wants to condemn you. And there's also a savior that wants to save you, Jesus Christ. And so you get justified through him. But, you know, he still tries to come against you throughout your time as a Christian. So once we get saved and then, you know, Jesus comes in, it says, again, we'll read it again from Romans 5.1. It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So for those people who are listening that struggle with that condemnation, the Bible clearly says, you know, that you have peace with God through Lord Jesus Christ and that there's no condemnation for you. You can read that in Romans. But, um, you know, so... That's justification. Then after you come to know Jesus Christ, it doesn't just stop there. There's a transformative work that happens, and that's sanctification. And so I'll read a verse that goes into that really quick. It says on, let's see, I got two. We'll read both of these. This is First Thessalonians 4.3. It says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality, and First Thessalonians five twenty three says, "Now may the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ." This is sanctification: is that you're forsaking the former life, you're forsaking the sinful life. Now that you have been saved, now that you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that justification part was you being washed clean of the blood. That's the blood of Jesus coming, washing you away from all sin, making you right standing with God. That's what justification is, is being right with God through Jesus Christ, through what he did, his death and resurrection. But then now comes sanctification, the process of being made holy. And who does that work? The Holy Spirit. The Bible says that he will send his comforter to you. He will send the Holy Spirit who would... He would uh, not speak on his own behalf, but he would remind us everything that Jesus spoke. You know, so the Holy Spirit is the one applying that finished work of Christ to our life because Jesus didn't come to just die for us so that way we can continue to live the same way. He died for us so that way we can be transformed and so that way we can become like God. Why? Because the Bible clearly says it in the book of Genesis from the beginning of, of the creation of the world. That God, when He made us, He made us in His image. But what happened with that image? Once we decided to sin, we broke that image because God is holy. His image is holy. His image is right. We broke that by sinning, you know, and then by living a lifestyle of sin, we move away from that natural image that we were created to. So if you really think about it, becoming holy and becoming like Jesus is the most natural thing that we could do as mankind because that's what we were created for was to be like god to reign you know or to to be like god in the sense that we're his ambassadors you know so um when we think of sanctification i find this interesting it says for this is the will of god your sanctification so it's god's will that we be sanctified when jesus um talks about people coming to him right in the parable it says that many will say to him on that day lord lord Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do X, Y, and Z in your name, right? But then he says, you know, I would tell them to depart from me because I never knew you, you doers of iniquity. Why does he say that? It says right in that same chapter that because they didn't do the will of the Father that sent him. You know, plenty of times, many people ask themselves, what is the will of the Father? And the Bible tells us that right here. For this is the will of God, your sanctification that you abstain from sexual immorality. Why does it say to abstain from sexual immorality? The Bible is teaching us that not only is it important that our spirits and our be made right, but it talks about our soul and our body and 1 Thessalonians 5:23. You know, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, not just in some areas, completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless. At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because the Bible says that we're living sacrifices. If we're living sacrifices, that's our whole being. Belongs to Jesus. Our mind belongs to him. Our soul belongs to him. Our spirit belongs to him. And our bodies belong to him. So our sanctification is the process of us becoming like Jesus. Becoming holy. Being more like Christ in our daily thoughts. Our daily characteristics. How we operate. How we move in the spirit. All of that. You know. And um, we'll read this last verse on Hebrews 10.10. 10. It says, and by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So back to justification, is through Jesus Christ that we're justified, but it's also through Jesus Christ that we're sanctified. And it's through Jesus Christ that we're glorified. And it's the Holy Spirit that does that work because that's who he sent. So go ahead, Jamie. You got anything you want to add to that?
0: Yeah, because I, I think this is so important with uh, the sanctification part. I have met Christians that be like, "Well, I'm sanct I'm sanctified because what Christ did, so I don't got to do nothing." And I'm like, right, "You got sanctification all wrong, because when you read sanctification, sanctification, it tells you what you should do, right? So it's like you're only really sanctified because I heard one I heard one preacher say this is like, as a Christian, you you got to understand that you're not trying to just like, like, Christ, like, you, you, you're you, trying to live your life with Christ. You know, you're supposed to let Christ live his life through you, right? So, it's like, it, it, that makes you change your whole perspective. It's like, I'm not trying to do my life. I'm trying to do Christ's life, period, the end, like, all of it. That's why when you come to Christ, you don't just surrender your sin. You surrender your life, like, everything about you, your job, your career, yep. your dreams, your hopes, everything. He he takes all of it. And 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 that's one form of um um him sanctifying you is ab- abstaining. It tells you to abstain and obviously it highlights sexual immorality. And, and I think the reason why it does, because that's the one sin that the Bible says you sin against your own body. So it's yeah. dirtying your body, right? But so it's like, so so how do you stay sanctified? I was like, yes, we're sanctified through Christ. What does Christ actually do to make you sanctified? It gives you the ability to start doing what it takes to abstain from certain things to be sanctified. Because without him and his sanctification, him living in you, you can attempt it and you're always gonna come up short. You're gonna fail. It'll never be good enough. That's why he says your righteous works are filthy uh, filthy rags before him. So mm-hmm. it causes you to abstain. And I and and, 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 and I like that you said that it it's not just abstaining from one particular thing in your life, it's abstaining from everything. That's why the, yeah. the Bible says, and everything you do, let, let it glorify God, even what you eat, what you drink, what you do, what you say, everything needs to, you know, it needs to glorify God. Because I think as Christians, I think sometimes we, we fall into that religious mi- mindset of like, well, like the big sins, right? I, I don't want to fornicate. I don't want to, you know, do drugs. I don't want to get high. I don't want to do this and that. But abstaining from things, it's so many things, abstaining from bad character traits, abstaining yeah. from bad personality. Because I know some Christians that claim that they don't they don't sin, but they have horrible character. They got a horrible personality, and I people say, "Well, Christ didn't come to change your personality. If your personality is sinful, don't glorify God. You better believe He's gonna He needs to change that as well about you and stuff like that." So yeah. he's, he's gonna have you, uh, and and that causes you to abstain, abstain from wanting to be a nasty person, to be an angry person, a spiteful person, a miserable person. So sanctification comes from uh, abstaining, and abstaining is a form of suffering, right? Because when you want to eat the, the chocolate cake at night, you want to eat the Krispy Kreme at night, that's what abstaining is. is I'm not going to go and eat it, and then because mm-hmm. I'm not going to go and do that, because I'm not going to go and eat it, I'm not going to give in to what my flesh wants to do. It's going to cause some suffering. It's so, <laughs> I, like, when, when I used to box and I wasn't, I wasn't able to uh, eat what I wanted to eat, I was, I suffered like that one time when I thought you guys were eating Burger King and stuff like that in front of oh me. Oh my
1: gosh, like, that was terrible.
0: <laughs> I was making weight and these guys uh, are eating Burger King and I have to abstain from it. So it causes suffering in me, right? But this is what, this is why it's so important, this analogy. You know what made me not want to give in as much as it's good it would have been to eat that Whopper, especially being so weight drained, is right. that. Uh, is there, the there's, a, there's a future glory I'm working for, right? Well, yeah. so it's like, um, which I don't want to go to ahead. Oh, well, I know you, that's what we're about to go to next. But, but like, so it's like, so this that I'm abstaining from is sanctifying me to bring me something bigger and better. That's what the Bible says. Our present, like suffering will bring the the future glory and sanctification. It's It's a form of suffering and the bible says because christ suffered you should you should gear up with the same mindset that you yourself are going to suffer because you know we think of suffering just means like persecution suffering means everything you would like to ha- happen and i know i know you can agree with me or, or with this sometimes ministry can be suffering <laughs> it, can oh, be, yeah, definitely. it can be it could be, be suffering you know Sometimes you don't want to do it. Sometimes you get up and you're like, man, uh, mm-hmm. like, this is tough, man. This is hard. Like, you have to come up with a message every Sunday, midweek service, answer every phone call, you know? And obviously we do it because we the love of the Lord. But even in those things alone, it's sanctifying you because yeah. it's making you crucify your flesh. So it, 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 when you're in when us you're, you know, crazy, when we we're talking about the accuser, even the accuser coming after you is to sanctify you. Right. Because you think about this, Judas, you know, is, is the, you know, he had to have accused Christ to turn him in to say, Hey, what you guys are saying about him is true. Right. So, so I'm going to give you, I'm going to tell you where he's at. And this, what a sneaky rat Judas was. He tells them, I know the place he goes to hide at, to go pray and, and, and betrays him. And, And, and I posted this the other day, you know, Jesus washes Judas's feet. Judas is the one behind getting a nail put in Jesus's foot feet, you know? So it, it, it...
1: That part it, right there, i am telling you. What, when you first told me that, I was like... That that just hit, like, so, so many bricks, like, on top of me because, you know, we, we kind of forget that. It's like, yo, you're here to serve people. And as many as there are people that that you serve, there's there's always going to be somebody that kind of does you wrong, like the way Judas did, but even God uses that as part of your sanctification. That it's like, yo, what are you being nailed to? And I, I you know, I don't want to like steal your thunder, but man, just do it. Just do it. I, yeah, yeah. It's
0: <laughs> like at the end of the day, like what you were saying. Yeah, they're like you wash their feet. They put a nail in yours. But what are they nailing you to? To the cross. The cross sanctifies you, right? Because you're forced right there. to put your pride, your ego, your desire to get back at them, pay evil for evil and do all that stuff. You got no choice to put that on the cross and say, listen, I'm not going to respond the way they are to me. I'm not going to pay them back and enforce is actually intercession, which is another form of sanctification is intercession. And that's why the accuser accusation can't work when there's a place of intercession. And that because of your intercession, which is sanctified the intercession of Jesus at the right hand that the accuser can't stand at your right hand because Jesus is standing at the right hand. And because he's standing at the right hand, you're constantly, you're constantly being justified and you're constantly being sanctified. And I think that's another good point of being justified and sanctified. It's not a one-time thing. He keeps on doing it for you. Right. He'll, he'll, he'll keep showing up. He'll keep, he'll keep proving them wrong. He'll keep shutting them up and stuff like that. That's how much the Lord loves you. It's not a one and done for him. This is a lifetime deal. That's why when I tell people and I tell preach about Christ, yo, this is a lifetime warranty. This is a lifetime deal with Jesus. Yeah. This is not a, you know, this is a free trial and then it expires and then you got to figure it out later. Like no, this this is a this is a, a free membership, right? Yeah, it's all You know what I mean? Imagine that somebody tells you you have access to lawyers for free for the rest of your life. Jesus is that lawyer. He's the one who defends you. He's the one who takes on the accusation. He's the one who took on your guilt and all this stuff. So any charges that the accuser, enemy, people, whoever wants to put up against you, you're jinx, you're justified and sanctified through Christ now. But the sanctification is so important that even though he's a great lawyer, he'll defend you and stuff. But imagine this. You have a great lawyer, right? The best lawyer in the world. But if you keep on killing people, robbing people at some point, the lawyer's is going to tell you, Hey, there's only like you, you're asking for certain things to happen to you. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if you have, that's why I said, I think, um, justifications, that's why it would put consideration, gratitude, all these things into you to say, I want to live. Right. I want to, I want to mm-hmm. do these things. Right. You know, because I know that my Lord and savior went all out for me. I don't want to be causing them headaches. I want to, I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to be doing things right. I want to keep doing, you don't want to be this person that gets a lawyer. He has to fight one case. Then you got to call him and say, yo, I just got arrested two, three more times. And now you got like three, four more things, you know? So it should cause you to keep living sanctified and say like I said, and because he lives in you, it makes, it makes you. The thing is like, how could Christ live in you and then not make you? Want to keep because reality, if Jesus lived a sanctified life, he lives in you and makes you want to live a sanctified life because he did it. He lives in you. It keeps on going. But if if he comes in you, you think, like, we don't serve a lazy guy. I think he went in there and was like, all right, I'm just going to chill inside this person's body and I'm done doing this. No, like, he he, now he's giving you the ability for you to do it too. That's why he says you can do all things through Christ. Who gives you the strength? So he goes in, you gives you the strength to live a sanctified life. You know, me and you, we gave our, our life to the Lord at, at a young age. Did we do everything right? No, but nonetheless, the desire to do things right. I mean, I'm sure you can agree. Even if we messed up, it's like, man, I messed up. I shouldn't have done that. Like, I got to get back on track. So it's yeah. like that desire should never die. The desire for sanctification, and you know, so it's like you come up short, like the scripture you gave before Let's say you're, you're on the road of sanctification. You come up short. Once again, you're justified again.
1: It's because mm-hmm. the minute you
0: decide to, I repent, I give it to Jesus, forgive me for my sin, you're justified through his blood again and again. It's not a one-time deal because, I mean, if it was a one-time deal, <laughs> his blood's not enough, right? Yeah. But because his blood is so powerful, it's not a one-time deal. It happens every time, right? But obviously, now there's a scripture we're talking. I'm not going to go to it. I don't want to get off topic. I say that if you keep on, I was just going to
1: bring that one up too. (laughs)
0: Then then that's, you know, so it's like, if you keep on doing this, you trample on everything. The Bible says you trample on the blood of Jesus. So it's like the example I said about the lawyer, you have the lawyer fighting the biggest case of your life. Right. You know, and then, you know, you go on, it's like a perfect example. OJ Simpson, he gets, he gets away the first time, but then it's like, you, you, you abuse of that and you keep making, you do more crimes. It's like, bro, I can't even help you at this point because you don't need, you don't, you, you don't really want to stay clean.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is that when, when you're going through sanctifications, remember the Holy Spirit is the one that's doing the work in you. The Holy Spirit is always going to lead you to repentance, ongoing repentance. And like repentance is not a one-time event. I think that's where there's a lot of confusion is that people think that repentance stays at that justification stage and don't see it that repentance is through a, your whole life because you're always going to make mistakes. But then also God is going to reveal sins in your life that you didn't even know were sins, you know, things that are just that you didn't even know you were partaking in. It could be, for example, um, you know, bad thoughts patterns that you might have had. It could have been maybe the way you treated somebody like little nuanced things that don't please God that you might have been um, programmed to do from your childhood, that God is starting to reveal to you that, Hey, these are some ways you need to break out of, you know, this is some of the works of the flesh that I want you to get rid of that. I want you to crucify. So sanctification comes with a cross. You're always going to be laying your life down, denying yourself, picking up your cross and following Jesus. And it's going to be the Holy spirit that, like you said, is going to always put that desire for you to want to get up and say, you know, I might've made a mistake, but I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to get, I'm going to get up and I'm going to keep on going. Like the Bible says, you know, like, you know, the righteous fall, you know, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing this, but the righteous fall, but they keep getting up. Like, what is it? get Fall down seven, get up eight, something like that. But, yeah, you get up one you
0: know, more time, which is, which scroll. is, and when you get up, you get up carrying that cross, you know? Yeah. You're going to you, get you know? up in that cross. You can't, you, you know, that's that's what I like what you're saying. Cause it's like, it's not, it's not a, it's not a one-time thing. The same way Jesus doesn't forgive you one time or, you know, mm-hmm. or, you know, he only came to save you the day you gave your life to Christ. He's constantly saving you. Mm-hmm. So when did you, when did you get saved? He's been saving me my whole life. Like, you know, uh-huh. from, from so many, it's a constant thing. So because he's constantly saving me, I should constantly be repenting. He's constantly forgiving me, so I should constantly be repenting. So, because He's constantly cleaning me, I should constantly be aiming to stay, you know, stay clean and be sanctified. That's why the Bible says that a dog returns back for returns back to his vomit. If you, if God cleans you up and you keep going back, man, you're a, you're a dog, and you start to trample on the very thing that justifies you, the very thing that like. You know what i'm saying that 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 makes you right before you, you 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 start rejecting these things and that's what i think it's like i said it's so important the act of, of, ju- of just uh sanctification it's a, it's a, it's a constant thing until until the day you die which is why you said the word of god says you you got to carry your cross that yeah. cross it, it, it's gonna be heavy it's gonna it's gonna tie you out it's gonna discourage you at sometimes you might even need some help sometimes even like when jesus had someone else come and start carrying mm-hmm. that cross with him and stuff like that. That's why I said earlier the podcast, you better start getting along with people because you may need, you're gonna, you might need someone to help you carry certain crosses and stuff like that. Just like in ministry, you can't do ministry by yourself. You might need yeah. someone to come along and help you carry that cross. You know, that's why marriage is another cross you carry. That's why you give you a wife to help you carry it. Raising the children, all this stuff, all these things are meant to sanctify you. So even in your sufferings, even in, accusations even if people coming after you all those things will are 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 things that will sanctify you because it's gonna put your it's gonna nail you to that cross and i'm sure you agree with that when you do ministry it'll nail you to that cross when you when someone comes after you accuses you does things to you it'll nail you to the cross and that's what sanctifies you
1: hey guys sorry our recording had dropped so we're just gonna pick it right back to where we were which was stepping into glorification now so just wrapping up sanctification you know that that's the process of the holy spirit transforming us to become more like jesus throughout our life period dying to self becoming holy and where that takes us is this last place which is glorification we're going to read right out of romans eight thirty. it says and those whom he predestined he also called And those who he called, he also justified. And those who he justified, he also glorified. So glorification is literally our end goal as Christians. And that's to be saved, to live an eternal life with the Lord Jesus, to get to heaven. And um, before our recording dropped, unfortunately, you know, Jane was mentioning that I've been saved. I've been in the process of being saved my whole life. There's a famous quote. You know, it says, um, I am saved, I am being saved, and I will be saved. And that pretty much sums up salvation in itself is that, you know, justification is the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're saved at that moment. You know, you're set apart for Christ. You're a child of God. Sanctification is I am being saved, meaning that you're going through the process of of the Holy Spirit transforming your life to becoming more like Jesus and will be saved is that glorification part where you finally come into the presence of God you know and live in an eternal life and that's our end goal as Christians but you see what the bible says is that he called us to that he justified us but he called us so that we will be glorified with him we will we will live in in the glory of God we will live in heaven and for eternal life you know and um before we go on to the next verse you want to chime in with anything there yeah yeah because, you know, and this, I think it'll bring a lot
0: of freedom to people Watch, Sanctification is a process. You know, it, it, it's a process that's not a, like, just like, you know, repentance is not a one-and-done. Sanctification is not a one-and-done thing. It's a process. You're constantly learning. That's why I like the first, you know, scripture about we all fall short and and, and, and come up short and the glory God for we all sin. Like, as you're being sanctified, it's it's a process. I remember, like, when I first came to the Lord. House so long. I feel like I can eat the devil up, you know. And then I went through a season where like the devil was eating me up, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's it's cool. like you got, you got, you got ups and downs, ups and downs. And that's like you said earlier about getting knocked down seven times but getting back up. That in itself is sanctification. Getting knocked down and getting back up is is a form of of uh, sanctification. And because getting knocked down is a form of suffering and stuff. It, it, it you you realize, hey, like. I, I'm, I'm human, I made mistakes, but I, I gotta get back up, like, I, I gotta get back up there's a, there's a bigger fight, there's a bigger thing which is the glory at the end you know, and especially in, in churches they always say, God don't share his glory with nobody like, all the glory is for God yes, we give him all the glory, but he shares his glory, and how do you share in his glory? By sharing in his suffering, you're not getting no glory without suffering, you don't get a victory for a fight when you didn't show up to fight, you know and people say, Yeah, but the Lord fights for you. He fights for you by giving his giving you his abilities to fight, you know. But nonetheless, you still fight, you know. So it, it, it's just so many things and, and and sanctification is suffering, uh fighting back and, and, and doing so many things, and that's a process. And when you're in a fight, you get you get knocked down, you know, you get tired, you, you get weary, you get go through all these things. And when you're going through those things, then what helps you stay sanctified is know that you're justified. Because if you don't, right, as you're being sanctified, then the enemy is like, oh, you know, you're too dirty. You make too many mistakes. You're not good enough and all this stuff. So it's like, why keep trying to live holy? You're just going to mess up again. Why do? You, why are you trying to live right? Remember last week you messed up? So that voice, the accusing spirit, what, well, which that's why I love that you put in order of justification, sanctification, because if if you don't get a clear understanding of that justification and you try to go through the sanctification process, you're going to end up quitting and 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 like and stop it because you're going to be like, well, why am I even trying if last week I messed up? Why am I even trying it you know, a year ago? You don't have this fear. Of what if I go back? What if I end up messing up again? And all this stuff, you don't have, you don't have a sense of what really Christ really did for you. So mm-hmm. the reason why you're justified So it'll stop you from being sanctified like when you start suffering why am i even doing this like you start you start you start forgetting the most important things in christ which will take away your desire to be sanctified and 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 what what helps me you know personally because i think that's so important when we share scripture is show how how it affects us what helps me deal with sanctification and suffering is like there's a reward for this. You know what I mean? It's not why I'm just doing this. See, salvation is a gift, a free gift. The glory that comes with it, it ain't free. <laughs> you <laughs> you know, know what I mean? mean? You know what I'm saying? That's what people don't realize is the gift of salvation that gets you. The whole reason why you're even in this fight to begin with is free. Mm-hmm. Not, but everything else is not you have to pay that price. You have to go and, and do. You have to go and do these things, right? In order, so people say, "Oh, what are you talking, what are you talking about? That you have to do something." Yeah, you have to suffer. And Jesus said it clearly: You want my glory, you want to share in my glory. You, you, you're gonna have to suffer some things. And yeah. so that's what I said: the suffering is what brings things, and it's a process. And I think too many times we get like, and I, I was like that for a huge majority of my walk with Christ. I was super hard on myself. I was like, man, I'm not where I should be. Man, I should be doing this. How did I do that? How would I some so stupid to do this or do that? And it's and then it, that's what the enemy robs you of that peace of the justification mm-hmm. part. It's like you're caught, like you said, you're saved, you're being saved, and you shall be saved. It's a process that you're gonna yeah. keep going through. The, the 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 justification, the same it's a process that keeps going and you keep being processed and, and and I I just feel like we like that right there is is so important that word being processed. And I think I shared this analogy with you, like when I when I go hunt an animal, right, and I go and I shoot it for it for me to enjoy the glory, like right, the food, a, a good steak I'm gonna eat out of it. It's got to get processed, and, mm-hmm. and you know right, and that process is trimming the fat, cutting it up, all that stuff. I, I remember when I went to go hunt hogs. Uh, you know, you shoot this thing, and now you're you're sweaty. You're cleaning it. You're, you're doing all this stuff, and it's 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 work, right? It's work. You to enjoy the glory at the end of it, right? Yeah. The same way in Christ is like, it's 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 gonna be some work. It's gonna be a process. You 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 got to get process sanctification as you abstain from things. It it eliminates. See the things. There's no way you're getting sanctified if something's not being eliminated out of you, mm-hmm. right? That's why one of the prayers. That was, you know, the, the 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 Our Father who art in heaven, you know, gave us our daily bread and he was and deliver us from the evil one. That's why every Christian shit. You know, we constantly got to keep getting delivered from things. And it doesn't mean that you're getting delivered from a demon every day or this or that. It's just deliver bad habits, bad thought processes, bad mm-hmm. bad things, you know, and character issues, personalities, because I think a lot of this, and I think it's something that needs to get talked about hard because people emphasize mm-hmm. so much on sin and not character and personality, mm-hmm. you know? Because, you know, like you mentioned the scripture before about, yeah, casting out demons and doing this. But the will of the Father is that you glorify him in everything. And that is sanctification. So the thing is, as you, you know, you're, you're working towards the glory, right? You're working towards glorification. But nonetheless, your suffering in itself is giving him glory. That when you're done with that, he shares the glory with you. Right? And that's why the Bible says that even Christ had to suffer and, and like learn obedience. It says through his obedience, he suffered. Right? He had to suffer, to, to learn obedience, that obedience is what brought the glory for him. Right? Yeah. And that's why, because of that glory, he shares it with us. And there's there's no, so whatever we go through in our walk with Christ of, of suffering, because especially when you're young, everybody says, what are you doing? Why, why are you following Christ? You could You could be doing this. You could be doing that. And all that stuff, that that stuff don't bring glorification. It brings condemnation.
1: And you want want to say something? I was just thinking for a minute because I already know how the heresy hunters are going to be. When he's saying that God is sharing, that we're sharing in God's glory, a lot of you are going to (laughs) think. A lot of you are going to easily assume that God is sharing his worship. That's not what he is sharing. Or his credit. He's not sharing that. You know, what What we're sharing in is in the glory of God being that we're going to be in a glorified body. We're going to be in his presence. We're going to be in his kingdom. And it's just going to be that final process, glorification, you know. So I'm going to look up the first, matter of fact. I'm going to look up the first for the, where we're talking, God, he's taking,
0: he's getting God's glory. So, let me see. I believe it's Romans eight seventeen.
1: 17. Let me look it up real quick. But I was just thinking right now about the example you were talking about earlier with with the uh. So for for those of you out there listening, Jamie was a professional boxer. That's kind of how like we we ended up like building a close relationship was through boxing, and um that was a big part of his life back in our teen days. So during those days, he used to have to make weight. That's basically like when you're gonna go into a you know any type of um sports bout, whether it's amateur or professional. You have to meet a weight to be at a certain weight class. Like, I can't be 155 fighting somebody that's 300 pounds. We have to be in the same weight class. So you might walk around heavier than that weight or lighter than that weight, but you have to meet that weight. So the whole Burger King example is like he needed to cut weight to make that weight for the fight. And the problem was is like the temptation to want to enjoy the moment and satisfy the flesh was there. But he's looking to the future glory that awaits if he stays through the fight of resisting. You know, that's kind of where we come back to sanctification. But the end of that is glorification, which would be winning the fight. But you want to touch on that? Because I know you were headed that way early. Yeah, I like that you mentioned the the weight because
0: what happens if I don't abstain from the Burger King? If I don't abstain from the things, I end up disqualifying myself right? Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, it comes to, it comes way into and on that that waistcoat they're like, you're not ready, bro. Like what, what are you doing? And then there's no fight. So, it, 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 so it's like, if you don't abstain, that's why unless this is so good. That's why people in the world don't deal with the devil that much. That's why a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to be a Christian. Look at you. You're a Christian. Look at all the things you're dealing with, all the stuff that's happening. You look, you're doing ministry and look what's going on with you in church and ministry. You ever seen those memes where people show like, it's like, it shows a picture. Like it says, like, let's say 2020, me entering ministry, 2021, those <laughs> age, of 20 years. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Some people be like, why do, why do I want to do that? Because, you know, you're in the world, the, the devil, leave, you know, quote unquote, kind of leaves you alone, right? So it's like, so you're abstaining, you're abstaining from, the, from these things and it's going to be a fight. But if you don't abstain from these things, you're out of the fight. Mm-hmm. And since you're out of the fight, there is no, there is no glory. And which is I'm glad you brought it up because I forgot what I was I was gonna say earlier about this. So it's like the, the gift of salvation is free, right? But everything else that comes with it, it comes at a cross. It comes at a cross. I'm gonna say it comes at a cost, but I end up saying it comes at a cross. Yeah. Right? And the- that's the cost. Carrying that cross is the cost that you have to pay to keep to you know to stay in this fight, you know? So it's like think about it, it's like it's like when I box. It's like Jesus is the promoter. Hey, I got you the fight. You didn't have to do anything. I got you to fight. I still got to train. I still got to yeah. lose weight. I got to still, I can't be eating Krispy Kreme. I can't be drinking soda. I can't eat Burger King. I can't oh, do anything. Oh, and then how does he let me, sh- so the glory that I was talking about, glory is not worship. It's not taking credit because people are confused with those meanings. like know when you say that, you know, Romans 18, it says it here. It says we are his children. We are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory,
1: we must also share his suffering. So that was actually the verse I was looking for earlier when we were talking about that in sanctification is that in order to get to that glory, we have to share in the sufferings of Christ. You know, there's actually a translation. I I think it was the King James that talks about it like and uses the word if you suffer with Christ, then you will, you know, receive and, and live in that glory and all that. So it's like a conditional statement. If you think about it, you have to suffer with christ to so then it's, be an heir to that in a sense so it's just like how do i become an
0: heir so i gotta suffer so i gotta suffer and make weight right if i want to i gotta share in that part i gotta i, I gotta take a, it's take a moment in that sharing that start to suffer i gotta i gotta cut weight I gotta lose things i gotta abstain from things which is so important so i gotta lose weight and it's the same thing in christ i gotta thump, a lot of christian you gotta lose weight What's weight? Sometimes that weight is dead weight. You have, you have, that's weighing you down, right? That's why he says his yoke is light, right? So you got to lose weight if you want to take on a light yoke. Yeah. How's his yoke light if you're taking on heavy burdens, heavy things, heavy? So that's why some, when you come to Christ, when you're being sanctified, you know, you know, you're being sanctified when people start leaving your life. Not just sins start leaving your life. People start leaving your life. Things start leaving your life. Opportunities start leaving your life. All these things. See, when I came to Christ, I, I started losing sin. But guess what I ended up losing? I ended up, a boxing career went. Friendships went. A lot of things went. I started losing all kinds of things. Cause Just like Job. Job had to lose many things to sanctify him. So it's like all these things. But it, what did it do at the end? It brought him glory. He got yep. bigger and better things than he had before. And, and when I look at my life in Christ, every time I've lost something, it sanctified me. You know, even losing a boxing match, it sanctified me. What? It made me made me more humble. It made me more, you know, this or do that. I, I lose a friendship, lose a job opportunity. It, it, I, I, I I lose faith in myself and I grow in more faith in Christ. So I, I, I it's you, you start, sanctification can't happen if there's no elimination. It, mm-hmm. A lot of things out of you need to be eliminated if you're going to be sanctified. Because sanctified is a form of, of being, you know, clean, of being purified, of being purged, of, of, of being pruned right pruning goes with sanctification are you going to be sanctified with christ without being pruned and when something's pruned something's being lost right so as christians that's what they. i think they need to preach more about this is because this you have this you know tickle me elmo christianity where everything is a win and gain and gain and gain yes every you know but they have to tell you that your losses are gains so you have to lose in order to win And, and i shared this with you before Sometimes God has to subtract in order to multiply, right? Okay. Because if he, if he subtracts after he multiplies, you get left with nothing. So he, he, he has to take things away from you in order to... It's like the same thing when you invest in stocks. You got to lose money in order to make money, okay? Yeah. It's the same thing with sanctification. You got to lose things about yourself in order to gain the glory. You got to suffer. You got Things got to be subtracted from your life in order for glory to come. There's no room for glory if you haven't made space through suffering. Right. So it's like, you know, when I was going to get married to my wife. Right. And I have, I had my place already before I met her. I had to make space for the glorious moments I was going to have with her, but I had to lose things. I had to make room in my closet. I had to throw things away. I had to make, I had to make space. Right. And sometimes yeah. I saw her, I was like, Oh yeah. Right. So when you get married, it's like, man, I, this, I have space for this, this you know, this cool stuff, but she's going to call me. She's going to make me, she won't make me get rid of this stuff because I got to make space and suffering makes space for the glory like i was gonna let you share it because like you we said earlier glory, sharing his glory is not saying you get to take credit for it or that you get worshiped for it or people start applauding you for for it what that means is you're allowed to partake in the good things of god every mm-hmm. time god lets you partake in something good of his that's him sharing his glory with you every time you pray for something and it, it gets answered that's him sharing his glory with you when you can pray for somebody they get delivered they get healed uh, a prayer gets answered, or God uses you for something. That's you're sharing. He''s, sh- he's sharing in, in, in his glory And then when you you know so that's why it's not just when you get to heaven that you're gonna share his glory. you can share in it right now. The fact that he lets you feel joy and peace. that's him sharing his glory with you, right? because without without Christ, you can't you can't partake of of, of joy and of peace and and, yeah. all, and all these things. That's him sharing his glory with you, that he's letting he's letting you experience him. I mean, when, when we're we're when worshiping, you know, in our rule by ourselves, and we feel the presence of God, that's Him sharing His glory with you, right? Mm-hmm. Because back then, c- c- who could, was, was able to do that in the old in the Old Testament? You couldn't. Only the high priest could do that. So the, the, the so why so you you couldn't experience the glory of God like that, right? So now through Jesus Christ, you whenever you go through those things, that's Him. That's you getting to share His glory. So it's like when you think about it. Every bit of suffering you go through is gonna produce something good in you. Every bit of suffering, of break, something breaking in you. You know the alabaster jar gotta get broken if the oil's gonna come out, right? Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, suffering, uh, it, it may it lets the anointing flow to bring glory. And the crazy thing is that glory, you know, uh, anointing, the breaking, the suffering, all that goes hand in hand.
1: Yeah, and then that takes us to the last part of glorification. I'm gonna read these verses so. This is how we'll end with it. But it's second Corinthians three eighteen. It says, And we with with I'm sorry, it says, and we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. So we experience the glory of God here on earth. You know, the Bible says that let, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. We talked about what his will was. I mean, There's many other scriptures that talk about the will of God, but part of that will was your sanctification. Your sanctification allows you to be transformed from one degree of glory to another. But this is our ultimate goal. Philippians 3, 20 and 21 says, but our citizenship is in heaven and from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. And and I just love those two verses to end this point that we were making is that, you know, sanctification is the meat and potatoes really of everything that we talked about because that's really where we're at here on earth is we get justified. And that is, you know, a sense kind of like a one-time event because you accept Jesus Christ and then from there you go on to be transformed. And then when we were looking at this scripture, it talks about us beholding the glory of the Lord But it says that we're being transformed into the same image. Remember, we talked about the image of God, you know, being restored in that image that he initially created was us to be holy, us to be like him. We're being transformed from one degree of glory to another. When it says that, it's a process. It's something that's happening from one level of glory to another. We're being transformed into the day of Christ. And then while we're here on earth, we're in this world but we're not of this world it says uh philippians 320 again it says but our citizenship is in heaven you know and from it we await a savior the lord jesus christ who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself when he rose from the dead he rose in a glorified body because the body that we have can't raise from the dead you know, it was the spirit of God that rose him out of that grave into a glorified body. And Jesus will give us a glorified body. He would allow us to live in his kingdom. So we're being transformed now. Sanctification, you know, so to sum up everything, justification. You know, we, we accept Jesus. He washes us clean with his blood. Our sins and our accusations, they are they're marked off. They're done away with. Doesn't mean that we won't fall short of the glory, because the Bible clearly says that we will. So we'll continue to make mistakes. Got that. But in the making of the mistakes, we have repentance, we have grace, we have forgiveness through Jesus, and we're being sanctified by the Holy Spirit throughout our lifetime, being transformed from one degree of glory to another, until the day that we're in a glorified body with Christ, that we're in his presence, and that we're... Living with him in eternal life—that is salvation, going from death to life. You know, so now we want to wrap it up there. I hope that this has blessed you. If it has, go ahead, you know, like this video, subscribe, and share this podcast with somebody that you know will be blessed from it. But um, I want you to go ahead and uh, take a look at Jamie's profile also. So, Jamie, you want to mention some places that people could follow you at, or any last words you want to say? Yeah, just to
0: wrap up that, you know, if the devil keeps on trying, you better believe you better keep on trying. Keep on trying to be oh, yeah, thankful. Amen. You better keep on trying, right? Because he doesn't quit. Even though he's lost so much ability and access, he still tries. But you have yeah. access, and even though you come up short, you keep on trying. You keep on yeah. trying to be sanctified. You make a mistake, you back up, keep on trying. You know, yeah. you're justified through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a process. Keep on going. Keep on pushing at the end of it, it's all worth it, you know, all of it's worth it, the glory that we're going to receive, you know, in our glorified body in heaven, but also, you know, the things that we get to we see we get to see here on earth as well, that's why we pray that heaven be on earth, you know, whatever happens in heaven, that it happened here on earth as well, that we can see that that same glory of God as well, because that's just a glimpse of what is to come, and uh, so... Like I said, if the devil keeps on trying, you better believe you keep on trying to keep doing this. And and I'm glad to be on here and to to be able to share the word of God on here. Yet, and, um, you can follow me on YouTube, Jamie Rusko Ministries, and that's pretty much where I post all my videos, all my podcasts, all my stuff. And I look forward to doing more videos that you, wrote.
1: Yeah, no doubt. We'll definitely do more of these. Actually, it's funny because if you don't see me here you might see me over there and vice versa and we'll just continue to go back and forth so this was great so yeah i appreciate you coming on bro and we'll definitely do this again you know so again god bless you all and we'll see you on the next one